Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to No Confidence. I'm your host, David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider it something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. It's July 19th, 2023. Believe that too. You know, the uh, marquee for this evening's broadcast. You know, I didn't sneeze all day. And I think I feel one coming on. Allow me to apologize in advance. Oh, yeah. With this cold that I'm finally uh, just about over, I had sneezes that would come in groups of seven or eight. Real productive sneezes. A lot of stuff getting coughed up. And I can take one or two sneezes like that, but Racking sneezes up, maybe 10 in a group. Who needs that? (laughs) So the marquee for tonight is uh, criminal intent on the part of Donald Trump. I can sense in the conduct of the prosecutors the cadence of the multiple filings of criminal complaints that everybody's just taking jabs at Trump and no one's done the job of uh, approaching him and asking, (coughs) did you know you're breaking the law by doing that? It's never a concern. They just presume you intend to break the law. haven't coughed much all day either and here it comes once the show starts so um watch closely everything that's thrown at trump i don't think it would be hard for you to pick up on that uh They just don't care about criminal intent. It's never part of their calculus. They simply go for it and then sandbag you, steamroll you, threaten to indict your wife, your children, uh, audit your business, make you produce a million documents. And you got to pay for all that. You have to pay to have them photocopied and printed off. It's all this cost and toil and and peril is laid upon you to carry around while they prosecute you over nothing. And I haven't bothered to look up the Presidential Records Act, but it's obvious that uh, Donald Trump believed he was at all times in compliance with the law because of the Presidential Records Act when moving documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago. And dollars to donuts, he was never asked if he believed it was legal. They just thought they should raid his house. And now the FBI says, oh, that's not a raid. No one had a bunch of rifles drawn like a SWAT team. Yeah, well, you served a warrant. You're all over his house. Uh, You go through his wife's underwear drawer. That's a raid. Shut up. And I hope by uh, 
by listening to me. I hope my attitude rubs off on you because it really is time to tell a few public servants to just screw off, stay away from the children. And hey, I see you got that guy in the back of, of the patrol car. Did you have reason to believe that he intended to commit the crime? Or are you just presuming he's guilty of intent? Because it is a uh, presumption of guilt to just presume criminal intent. Criminal intent is part of guilt. If, if you presume criminal intent, you're presuming guilt. What if they don't have any criminal intent? You just falsely arrested them, officer. Isn't that easy? Nice short loop. <clears throat> the indictment in New York against Trump <clears throat> is uh so shoddy that it's not going to survive it just won't survive there's another law they have to cite and they left it out of each count 19 counts he conspired in violation of new york law to violate that federal law and they don't point to a federal law and so Nobody will know the nature of the charges against him by reading the indictment. That's one of the requirements to have a sufficient indictment is that the reader has to be able to understand it <coughs> and mount a defense against it. How do you defend yourself against a document that accuses you of violating a law that they don't identify? That that particular aspect of that indictment speaks very loudly about that indictment for the purposes of how valid the, uh, the charges stated therein really are. Shows that they had nothing to shoot at. They're shooting from the hip. In this January 6th thing, one thing that didn't make it into evidence in the congressional hearings on January 6th was that uh, before everybody marched over to the Capitol from where Trump was speaking, he said, go over to the Capitol and have uh, your voices patriotically and peacefully heard. How is that incitement of a riot? How is that an element of a charge of insurrection? Oh, he was conspiring to overthrow the government. Oh, he was? Why would he offer you 20,000 uh, National Guard troops for the day? He offered Nancy Pelosi and the, the mayor of Washington, D.C., a um, National Guard presence. How many do you want? You want 10,000 of them? You want 20,000? They said, no, we don't need any. Why would he attempt to overthrow the government with a bunch of citizens that he claims to love, knowing that there's going to be a few hundred to a few thousand National Guard troops? To offer the troops, he was obviously in the opposite mode. Make sure nobody gets hurt. Make sure nothing goes wrong. Make sure everything's fine. And then they charge him. So he's been called to testify before the grand jury. He might not be arrested. If he appears before the grand jury, they might say, we aren't going to hand down an indictment. <clears throat> so it's not all over. He's not to the indictment phase yet on the newest go-round. He got a... Uh, a uh, a letter on Sunday. It's a particular type of letter that says uh, you got four days to appear before the grand jury. And uh, so this week he'll be before the grand jury, but there's no evidence that a criminal complaint has been filed yet or that an arrest warrant's been issued. So it might just be an opportunity to testify before the grand jury. That might be all that it is. But for what it's worth, it is. Here it is. And he's got to react to it. 
And then there's the lawsuit or criminal complaint that will come from Georgia about meddling in the election. That comment he made during a phone call, find me 11,000 more votes. And he said it that way because down there, the officials kept finding votes. They kept looking for votes. Oh, here's some boxes of ballots that weren't counted or whatever. So that's not really criminal. He didn't say, manufacture a bunch of votes for me and tell somebody you found them. He said, find me more votes. Meaning, come on, you found other votes. There's got to be some out there. What's criminal about that? Nothing. Nothing. So the, uh, the Georgia suit or criminal complaint will be a farce. But to have to shoot them down, to have to defeat these complaints, <clears throat> it's very taxing. And it's, uh, it's defaming. The guy's campaigning to win votes. There will be some people that say, you know, he's got all these criminal complaints against him. I'm not voting for the guy. So what they're doing to Donald Trump will do him damage. But that doesn't mean any of them are valid. And every time you see a criminal action brought against him or or somebody debating whether or not they should bring one against him, stop and look very carefully at Donald Trump's conduct and try to convince yourself that it's reasonable to believe that he knew he was breaking the law and he went ahead and broke it anyway. I think you'll have a tough time convincing yourself of all that. Uh, The New York indictment is going to go very quickly. Uh, It's not going to stand the first round of challenges because the indictment is defective. Let me give you that indictment. I go to takefromcaesar.us. I scroll down below the picture of the check. And on the right-hand side of the page, the group of links on the right, one of them says indictments. And there's the page of indictments. Scroll down to the bottom, near the bottom. And you'll see the name Donald Trump. And 37 counts. See, I can give you that. Here comes the link right to the indictment. You can open this up on your computer. 37 counts. It's garbage. Compare it to all the other indictments on my indictments page. Look at how it's written. 37 identical counts. 37 counts where they say, oh, he conspired in violation of New York law to violate this federal law over here. And they don't point toward a specific federal law. So how do you defend yourself against the indictment? You don't. It won't survive the first round of challenges from defense counsel. Uh, That's Dave's prediction. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And as you look at other people that are indicted, uh, it was reasonable to believe they knew they were breaking the law in plenty of instances. And there are other times where, I don't know, that person thinks they didn't break the law. Trump's been citing the Presidential Records Act since day one. Bill Clinton took tape recordings, smuggled them out, put them in a, in a pair of socks that he was moving from the White House and got caught. And the uh, circuit court said, the president can have anything he wants. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty bad news for Hillary. On this, a hump day, a Wednesday, 
Yeah, Bill, you can have anything you want. And he reaches for his phone to call Monica. But anyway, Trump doesn't believe he broke the law. It's obvious to me. I listen to a lot more than most of you listen to. Uh, so um, it might have more a more appreciable effect on on my particular perceptions. <clears throat> But you just listen closely to the trouble, closely to the charges, read the documents, and a lot of times you'll be able to tell that uh, the prosecutor is shooting for the moon. That they have no valid target. <clears throat> so... Uh, And then you look at the way they're treating other people that have documents. Joe Biden stole all those documents that he has when he was a senator. Senators are not allowed documents. And he's got a garage full of them. He's got a, an office at the University of Pennsylvania. He's got an office in Chinatown in New York, the think tank, <clears throat> where he's got all these documents. He was just vice president. So right now, he's in possession of stolen property, stolen government property. Nobody's even pointing a finger at him except the uh, congressional committee. And they're hot on his trail. They're going for it. But nobody in enforcement, nobody in the justice system is even interested while they go out and and uh, build up cases out of nothing to uh, <clears throat> burden uh, Donald Trump with. And I know you can all see that. All those documents Joe has, they're stolen property. He was not the president. He was a senator when he took all those documents maybe uh, as vice president. But he does have documents going back all the way to his, uh, his tenure in the Senate. And nobody's even looking at him over it. And by the time they get to him, all he has to do is stare blankly into the camera and go, who am I? And he won't stand trial. And you'll have to handle hand the presidency off to Kamala Harris. Hold your laughter till the end. <laughs> what a stale bitch. I mean it. And there she was in California, as stupid as we all know her to be now, in charge of sending people to prison for marijuana. And then later is recorded laughing about the fact that she smokes marijuana. Wow. You can't insult her. You just can't. <laughs> and she'll be president. And the same deep state that's running the country under Biden is going to run the country under Harris. The only difference between her and Joe is they have a different set of problems when it comes to public speaking. Joe Biden can't speak a language and Kamala Harris can't form sentences. He uses the terms and uh, but uh, her speaking ability is in the toilet. As a senior in high school, two quarters in a row, I got uh, speaker of the class, the best speaker in class. And look where I ended up <clears throat> speaking tax protesting to anybody that'll listen. I love public speaking. In Seattle, probably February of 2000, I spoke to a group of 1,350 women 
in a local high school gymnasium, Ingram High School. Spoke to a group of 750 women in Dallas at Jimmy Dean's Ranch, a, back, a banquet hall downtown. And let me see. I got a call one morning and uh, the folks at the other end asked me, I'm in Seattle, and they said, hey, uh, can you make it to Spokane tonight and speak to our group of 650 people? And I said, call me back when you've confirmed my plane fare and hotel fare. They said, you don't need a hotel. We're going to fly you out of here on the last flight leaving Spokane. I said, just confirm that you've paid for my flight. And so I uh, flew, on, I flew out the door down to the airport with my blazer, shirt, and tie and uh, caught a quick flight to Spokane, had a late lunch with the folks that were going to hold the, the meeting at the hotel banquet hall, and then um, gave my speech about whether or not gifting clubs are legal or illegal and sold, uh, I don't know, I think I sold like $2,500 or $3,000 worth of legal opinions. So I walked out of that banquet hall with $3,000 in my pocket. That's a good day's work. <clears throat> I love public speaking. So the uh, I don't have much worry for uh, Donald Trump's situation. I think he'll easily beat everything that's being done to him and uh, take that from somebody, yours truly, who for about 30 years, I've been working for innocent people and Donald Trump would be an easy client to uh, defend from that standpoint. And the New York indictment is going down. Uh, they might not even get an indictment over January 6th, all the, uh, all the speaking, the phone calls and whatever Donald Trump did leading up to January 6th. Uh, he was strong on uh, telling everybody that, you know, be peaceful. I hope nothing happens and nothing should happen. Uh, the government will hear your voice. And uh, so he did everything right. except uh, I heard that it was like two and a half hours after the initial incursion into the Capitol by the mob. It was two and a half hours before he came out and publicly told everybody, you know, get your ass out of there, go home and, uh, and fight another day, whatever. And that is a long time for the president, two and a half hours. But for what it's worth, uh, they got nothing on the guy. And if you're planning on overthrowing the government, what are you doing offering 20,000 National Guard troops to Nancy Pelosi to secure the Capitol for the day? What are you doing? So it obviously was not an attempt at an insurrection. Now let me get you that. Uh, federal criminal statute. Here's a page on my website, wevgov.com. There's the federal criminal statutes. Scroll down the page. And I come to 18 U.S.C. 2381. Treason. 2383. Rebellion or insurrection. 2384. Seditious conspiracy. Those are the only targets that the DOJ has when they consider the grand jury and Donald Trump as it relates to January 6th. Those are the ones. Look at 2383. I'll put it in the chat. Let's do all three of those in the chat. Bear with me, folks.
Here it comes. Paste and send. Okay, it's in the chat. Beginning with 2235, search warrant procured maliciously. If they procure a search warrant without probable cause, like the ones they executed on Mar-a-Lago, they knew that if they asked Trump for the records, he'd give them up. No, we're going to raid his place. Just a misdemeanor. Then you have treason. One further, rebellion or insurrection. This is, I think this is the one they're going to shoot for. Whoever incites. He incited a crowd to go raid the Capitol. That's their biggest target. Whoever incites, sets on foot, assists, or engages in any rebellion or insurrection against the authority of the United States or the laws of the United States or gives aid or comfort thereto shall be fined in this title in prison not more than 10 years or both. They're going for insurrection because the 14th Amendment says anybody convicted of insurrection uh, has lost standing to occupy public office anywhere. So they're trying to kick him out of eligibility by bringing a 2383 charge against him. Let's see. And 2384, seditious conspiracy, if two or more persons in any state or territory uh, conspire to overthrow, put down, or to destroy by force the government of the U.S., or to levy war against them, or to oppose by force the authority thereof, there's another target. It's a felony, but it doesn't carry with it the uh, bar against occupying public office like insurrection does. So those are the targets for the prosecution, and they've got to go to a grand jury and say that he knew he was breaking the law. And I say he didn't have a clue. He just wanted the people to peacefully and publicly make their voices heard. And now you've got on the video that was taken that day by all those cameras in the Capitol, a video of an off-duty Washington, D.C. Capitol police officer, off-duty, waving people into the building through an open door. How is that an insurrection? Why isn't that officer up on charges? So there's a whole bunch of what they're doing to Donald Trump that does not stand the test at all. And he's going to cream the prosecutor in a lot of big ways for what they're trying to do. Because the judges need to keep their jobs too. And it's going to be hard to get a judge on board with any of this uh, once the motions to dismiss come in from defense counsel. They're going to have to go in there and, uh, and defense counsel is going to have their pants pulled down around their ankles. These prosecutors. Because there's nowhere to run. The charges are false. You get a good sense for going on the offense, which is how I think in matters about law Um, on the flash drive. The link is in the chat. I think it's the first link in the chat. And uh, you get a different sense about the law when you listen to my courses, when you read my pleadings, you're going to sense that it's very offensive. And if the government is screwing up, like I describe in this motion, then I should speak sternly about the government and its conduct. And so I don't hold back. I speak sternly about the government. I'm always looking for a crime that the government committed. Did they procure the search warrant maliciously? Well, that's a crime. It's only a misdemeanor. But if two or more people conspired to get that search warrant and it's executed, that means somebody at the other end lost privacy. 
Their house was raided under that search warrant. Well, there's a conspiracy against constitutional rights to privacy. That's a felony. 18 U.S.C. 241. Go back to that page of criminal statutes. Scroll up to 18 U.S.C. 241. If two or more persons conspire against the rights of another, if it includes an attempted kidnapping or an actual kidnapping, it's a capital offense under 18 U.S.C. 241. They could get the death penalty for that. There it is in the chat, the third clause. So don't conspire to falsely imprison somebody with a false warrant. It's a capital offense because the arrest and imprisonment would be a kidnapping. Look at section 1201 on that list. If someone conspires to seize, confine, inveigle, transport, and hold for ransom or otherwise the person of another, bingo, up to life in prison. You go back to 241, if it was a conspiracy, more than one person that conspired to do it, it's a capital offense. Yeah, I'm the expert here. Uh, government does commit crimes. And uh, uh, you're wrong. You're listening to the Patriot Movement. The comment in the chat says, government cannot commit a crime. Only people can commit a crime. Government is people. And when they do it in their office, it's every bit as much a crime as if I did it not in office. So you're probably listening to somebody like Randy Kelton or uh, the Patriot Movement. I've avoided the movement, any movement, like the plague since 1992. I've always been totally independent, and I don't hesitate one bit to file a criminal complaint against a public servant. The first link in the chat is to a video online. It's a one-hour, seven-minute video table of contents for the flash drive that I'm now offering. Below the video in the comments, there's a there's a window of text, and in there you'll find the PayPal link. The flash drive is 200 bucks. It's worth about 5,000, and you get a whole bunch of criminal complaints in Microsoft Word against public servants. And that's what I mean when I say government. A cop is government. A prosecutor is government. A judge is government. There are people when they clock out their government before they clock out. And if what they did was before they clock out, bam. <clears throat> it's not a disguise. It's called color of law. Like I said, you're listening to the Patriot Movement. Uh, it would pay you to, to no end of benefit to sit and listen to what I've done, what I've recorded. It's free on the web wevgov.com, takefromcaesar.us, my YouTube channel called Take From Caesar, and uh, your feet will be on a brand new path. Uh, Kepler22 will affirm that. He's on the call. Pastor Don is on the call. He'll affirm it all day, all week, all month, all year for you. He's known me over 20 years. And EJ will affirm that. She now has my flash drive and 317, been a student of mine for a long time. And they'll tell you that studying my stuff, your feet will turn around and leave the movement, any movement you're in, because they just haven't done the work. I've done the work. It was hard work. But everything I know about the law, I learned from judges by reading case law. Everybody else learned by rumors from some other guru. I've ignored all the gurus since 1992. When I saw all these 1040NR, non-resident alien penalties raining down on everybody, I said, uh, I said, uh, I don't need any of this. And it's like I said, uh, a comment in the chat, what is a disguise if not color of law? Color of law is not a disguise. I know all about it. I know what it means when somebody acts under the color of law. It's not a disguise of any kind. I know them that well. So really, 
if you dig into what I teach, you're going to lose a whole boat, a whole bunch of rhetoric that the movement spews all day, all night. And also consider this is on wevgov.com. I'm going to give you a page about federal income taxation. And as you scroll down that page, you're going to come eventually to tax code section 83. It explains how to tax the entire workforce. I wrote a manual about it in the first quarter of 94 in another century, and I'm still the only one teaching it. Find an excuse for the tax honesty movement, the Patriot movement, or anybody else that says they know what they're doing, Randy Kelton, when if you asked them, they'd have to admit they don't know anything about Section 83. So they got an opinion about income tax, and they don't know anything about the statute that explains how to tax the entire workforce. What a bleep, 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 frickin' derelict. And they're everywhere. They taught you. And so I don't mean to be coarse or curt by shutting you down, but you've got patriot movement all over your comments. And uh, I just don't sweat points like your teachers do. So I promise you, you get into what I teach, and it's a different pathway to uh, due process and remedy of all kinds. Get the $200 flash drive. There's four four or five courses on it. Course number four is called Drive-By Litigation, Retaliatory Preparation to Sue a Municipality. I don't just prepare to sue. I get even when I prepare. Criminal complaints for everybody so that when we finally sue them in court, they're not very eager to open their mouths because they committed crimes. Uh, I'm way more serious than anybody you've bumped into to this point. You're right. A big part of the problem is the prosecutors because they won't file charges against public servants. Once in a while, they'll do it just for good measure. And let me give you one of those. This is the case of Michael Eidland. Michael Island was a Washington State patrolman who, let's see, here we go. Here's his documents in Microsoft Word. Uh, he was a Washington State patrolman who would hang out and outside of uh, bars, lounges, and when nice ladies would leave the bar he'd follow them out onto the highway and pull them over and uh goose them and otherwise molest them when he had them outside the car he'd take them to the station and abuse them again and in michael island docs.zip you're going to find an affidavit from an fbi investigator along with other documents that uh, contains a description of his crimes against those women. Uh, there were like um, seven women in particular that the inspector interviewed and reflects upon. And he describes the conduct of Michael Island. Michael Island was arrested and pending trial, he was kept in county jail 18 months until trial and leading up to trial. He pled guilty to custodial interference. And that was just a gross misdemeanor, so he wouldn't have to register as a, a felon sex offender thereafter. Judge Palmer Robinson let him off with time served, 18 months, for molesting those seven women and others. So yeah, once in a while, one of them will go to jail, but them not being prosecuted is a big part of the problem, but I'm not going to refrain from filing criminal complaints against a criminal in public office. 
Servant is out of line. It's an anomaly. It's way outside the boundaries for the typical settlement for false arrest. Let me prove that to you. Here's a document called settlements. This is what people actually get for false imprisonment. Travant was an astronomical award for just a few minutes in jail. And it, it works out to like $25,000 per hour in false imprisonment or whatever. It's unrealistic. Read the document I just gave you, settlements.doc, and it'll take you through the parameters of other people who got settlements for false imprisonment. And uh, $20 million per year is really about the most you can expect. See, I've done the work. Somebody else looked at Trevant and thought that was the rule, and they teach it to everybody. When I teach everybody, avoid like the plague, the Trevant decision. Uh, was it Trevant versus Miami? Uh, it's unrealistic. And here's a document with a bunch of realistic settlements in it. Uh, the main one of focus is the Lamoni decision. Because of such a discussion they got into in that decision uh, about how much damage the wife suffered because the husband went to prison, how much damage the kids suffered, how much the defendant suffered when they put him in prison. Uh, is it flagrant? Should we award punitive damages? So the Lamoni decision is full of a bunch of parameters. So again, um, get into what I teach and your feet are going to stay on the ground. Uh, you got to avoid the movement. There's just a lot of sacks of crap out there that put a plaque on the wall claiming creditation and, uh, they can't find their law dictionary with both hands. Just be careful. Uh, you're not careful yet. I'm the only one out here preaching caution. And I can tell you're learning from the Patriot movement. And they haven't done a tenth of the work that I've done. They haven't written against government attorneys a tenth as much as I've written against government attorneys. Uh, my writings are spotless, impeccable better than any prosecutor you're going to go up against. I write exactly on par as the Department of Justice and the judges that they take you to in U.S. District Court. There's tons of evidence all over the web. WeVGov.com, TakeFromCaesar.us, and on my YouTube channel, Take From Caesar. Uh, start taking my seminars. Tons of free stuff. Get the flash drive on my YouTube channel. The latest video says uh, it's called Flash Drive. Get this now. I retire. And it's a bunch of the stuff I thought people needed most to know. Uh, all in one flash drive, 25 gigabytes. And let me give you an example of my writing. Uh, I'm looking for Colorado. Here we go. Here we go. Colorado bail in the chat. Uh, my YouTube channel is Take From Caesar. Here's a uh, brief and table of authorities about wrongful bail, um, excessive bail, and illegal bail, and a judge with no oath. Uh, it's a petition written for the Colorado State Supreme Court as an original action. And uh, some people wanted to sue in, um, in Colorado Supreme Court under a provision of their constitution that allows you to start in the Supreme Court. And so I wrote their petition. There's my YouTube channel right there. <clears throat> I wrote the petition and the table of authorities. Uh, they agreed to pay me five grand to do it. And then they saw how good of a job I did. And three attorneys down in Colorado told the person that paid me, there's nothing to add to this brief. The guy thought of everything and he knocked it out of the park. So she tipped me another 2,500 bucks. I got paid $7,500 for 
for that briefing for the Colorado State Supreme Court. Now look around at the writings of the people that you're learning from. Uh, the uh, uh, Patriot One, your call sign here on uh, TalkShoe, Patriot One. Uh, go look at their writings and compare them. I simply blast them out of the water, especially Randy Kelton. No one can keep up with me as far as writing ability and writing refinement, legal writing. I'm, I paid myself enormous dividends by turning my back on the movement, all movements, all aficionados, and I did my own work. I did my own learning. I refined my own style. I taught myself to type, and, uh, and I took tips from the writings of very highly paid attorneys. So you simply get a much different take on all this when you observe my findings and learn from my teachings. I simply mean harm to the other party. I preach discomfort. When they file a criminal complaint against you, you go home with a little cloud over your head. Well, I want to put a cloud over their head. They might not go to jail because the prosecutor's crooked, but I might cost them their job right on. That's remedy. I might cost them a demotion. One course in the flash drive is course number four, drive-by litigation. The entire case is there in PDF where I was defending somebody that was innocent. There's a bunch of audio instruction and uh, two of the prosecutors got fired because the charges were false. The judge retired 10 years early because I named the judge in a racketeering complaint. And two of the uh, county board of supervisors resigned rather than run for office again because the defendant was going to run against them if they ran for office. So I kicked the county of San Mateo, California, in the ass with that course and did it my way, writing my way, complaining the way I do, criminal complaints. And nobody could stand it. And that was my first time on Superior Court criminal docket. So look at what I teach, read what I've written, and your feet are going to meet the ground. You're going to turn around and walk away from the people uh, that you've been learning from thus far. I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've seen it. And uh, I'm pretty sure EJ on the call is another one of those people. And so is Kepler. He was learning from other people and tuned into my stuff. And uh, when I talk about the problems that you may have with government, you're going to hear a firm reliance on law only. The law is perfect. It's my only tool. I don't help guilty people. And uh, I promise you, uh, I promise you, you will find that I I march to a different drummer, and I want you on the offense. You play defense for a little bit, force them into a mistake, and then you go on the offense. On the homepage of takefromcaesar.us, here's a good example of it. Scroll down, you'll find a big picture of a $25,000 check in Kirkland, Washington. They had two pissy little misdemeanor cases against me, and I knew that the prosecutor was going to violate discovery rules so i served the prosecutor with two discovery requests one for each case under court rules asking for particular documents that the cops have to have on file and then i wrote two discovery requests under state law the public disclosure act and i said in each one of those this pertains to that little criminal case over there and the other one this pertains to that little criminal case over there knowing that they would look at that and say, oh, forward it to the prosecutor. And then the prosecutor got him, and I knew that the prosecutor is going to violate court rules, and I'll never get discovery. It's no big deal to the judge. But the ones that they violated under state law, because the prosecutor ignored those too, you get damages. 
the statute of limitations on our state disclosure act was five years four and a half years four and a half years after i asked for discovery i sued and that twenty five thousand dollar check is 23 cents a day damages for 3011 days Three thousand eleven days worth of damages, and uh, oh, I think it was uh, eight dollars and twenty three cents per day times three thousand, and that's the settlement check I got. So I set them up for the violation. They violated. I sat back and waited until the statute of limitations was going to run out and sued them. And I've heard. I haven't verified it yet, but. Now the statute of limitations under the Disclosure Act, because of my case, is only two years. Ha, ha, ha. That's remedy. <laughs> remedy might be small. Remedy might be big or somewhere in between. You know, look for what you think you can get and go for it offensively and be rude about it. File criminal complaints. You don't have to swear in the criminal complaint, but... Uh, speak like you're a judge that's ready to drop the hammer on them and send them to jail. That's the way I write in the documents you get from me in Microsoft Word. So watch closely Donald Trump and all that they do to him and at the same time weigh with your mind what the likelihood is that he believes he was committing a crime when he acted that way. And you're going to come up with no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. And so the prosecutors are shooting at nothing. They're so desperate to get Donald Trump that they're flying blind, shooting from the hip. It's all they know how to do. And they're ignoring criminal intent. These are the things I like about America. Thanks for sharing your Wednesday with me, July 19th, 2023. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time right here for a lecture on how to cancel teachers that are teaching kindergartners about carrots and Vaseline. Burn them to the ground. Get them decertified. I've got an offensive approach for that. If you get the flash drive, that's the first link in the chat today. Buy the flash drive. My course on how to do that is in the flash drive, canceling dirty teachers. I've got a strategy mapped out, and uh, a nice lady in California called me day before yesterday. She's getting the flash drive, and she is going to hang some teachers out to dry by getting them decertified. They're going to have to go to another state just to get a job. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I'll see you tomorrow on the, the uh, No Confidence Lecture Circuit Thursdays. Take care, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.